The Sam Malik Show. Hey, I'm Stephen C. Knapp. I am a filmmaker and producer here in Nashville. Thanks for having me on, Sam. Of course. What don't you do? You run uh, this town. I I do a lot of things. I Your do. T-shirt is the Nashville logo. It is a red T-shirt with the well, white stars. Tennessee and the blue logo. Circle. Tennessee logo. Tennessee this is actually from the Black Abbey Brewery. I don't know if you've ever been over there or not, but they have great. Uh, no, what part of town? Oh, I think they were last time I looked that they were in South Nashville. They got the they got the great beer POTUS. 44, I think, is the great is the beer that they have. I feel like you can own a brewery if you wanted to. If I, I, yeah, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> code. I just, do you like going to breweries? And I, you know, not you know, I'm an art kid. I'm not like a craft beer person. I don't spend like I've been so busy with work and everything over the mm-hmm. past year and working on the documentary project that I just really have not gotten out like I oh, wow. have. In the the, past it's a compliment. So. I'm just saying, well, if you start a small business I'm or just with whatever you. it is. I want to come back. I would want to be a returning customer. Doesn't matter what you're selling. Gelato. Totally. Brewery. Whatever. What's this documentary you're working in? So, you know, I can't say too much because there's litigation involved in all this. One of those documentaries. Yes, exactly. Oh, I love uh, that. You know, you know hey, I, I had a story fall in my lap a couple years ago, and it's like literally what documentary filmmaking is for, and I just had to like follow the story. But the short, short version of it is, is that I am exposing corporate extortion of affordable housing clients and abusive evictions by the city of Nashville, its housing agency and their agents. And so that's, that's basically the crux of it. And yeah, I'm about two years in on it. Documentaries take, take time. Does that mean there's some people maybe who aren't a fan of doing of what you're doing? Oh, I, I have definitely earned the hate of certain elements of Nashville's business community and I am proud of it. (laughs) Okay. So you're not running for office anytime soon. I think I could run for office after this. I guess anyone who's popular, no matter what the field is, every tons of people love them, tons of people hate them. You know hey, what I mean? Like, hey, I am a fan of justice, and if you are a fan of justice, uh, I guess conceivably, if I did run for office, you could vote for me. I don't know. Do you know when and where we can see it? Uh, it's in production right now. Like I said, there's a little bit of litigation happening in the federal court system, so that takes time. But you know, that's that's. So what was the one on Netflix about how to catch a murderer? The film in oh, Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, yeah, making a murderer. You know, it's so something like that. Do people film it first and then they sell it? Yeah. You know, like, that thing took, I think, 10 years, at least 10, wow. 15 years in order to get out there because it didn't come out until about like 2015, 2016. So there's and, like yeah. Netflix or HBO. Do they hire filmmakers, like commission them, pay them ahead of time to do it? Or usually filmmakers do it on their own. They do their art and then they can sell it to the highest bidder. You know, I. I can only speak from my experience. I don't exactly know how that project came about, but you know, whenever there is a story, just a random example. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever you, you know, whenever there is a story and you're a filmmaker, you're gonna you're gonna either like be on top of it or you're not. And uh, I think what I r- recall with those filmmakers is that they had this, you know, person like Steve, what's his name, Stephen Avery. Uh, you know, this incredible story already, wrongly convicted, exonerated after the fact, then massive corruption, and then you know, oh. Here it goes again. Now they're trying to like make this guy into a a murderer. Um, you know, I I am a I am a what do they call it? Um, I am a not guilty Stephen Avery individual on the making a murderer stuff. But like, yeah, I think uh, I think those filmmakers they hopped onto that story and just followed it all the way through. And eventually, you know, they got a hold of Netflix. And uh, you know, I don't know that I don't know the exact story, but. To your question, like I feel like I'm just following the story, and if the story gets good enough, and you talk to the right people, there is not opportunity. So, there. did you find the story you're working on, or producers 
found the story than they found you. You know, it, it was a very personal story because it happened in the community that I lived in. I used to live in the city of Nashville's artist community. And um, Wait, where's that? Uh, it's the it's the Ryman Lofts. It's the Ryman Auditorium? Yeah, yeah. No, not the Ryman Auditorium. Yeah. It's the Ryman Lofts. It's right down uh, off Hermitage Avenue. If anybody is from Nashville listening and they have ever gone to the Hermitage Cafe at 2 o'clock in the morning for a uh, nice like omelet or anything, uh, it's right across the street. Okay, but yes, the city of Nashville built this artist community, mm-hmm. and then some stuff happened inside of this artist community, and I lived there. Some stuff happened to two other artists. And I, the more I investigated, the more I found out and the more I learned about federal law and the more I learned about uh, affordable housing. And then all of this stuff, all these facts sort of didn't add up. And that's when I just sort of kept on going. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait to see this. Well, it's, it's in the making. It's like I said, year two. Okay. So are you yeah. still working on other projects like music videos or corporate still work, projects? Yeah. Still working on music videos, still working on corporate projects. Um, you know, I've done a lot of work with the Nashville Songwriters Association for the past couple of years. They do an annual award show where we have this wonderful opportunity to go out and talk to all these amazing A-list hit songwriters and sort of capture these stories um, and let NSAI use them inside of their big event that they do at the Ryman Auditorium. And when is that? Uh, I think it's usually in September. It's the Nashville Songwriters Award okay, Show. To, I haven't been yet. Yeah. I'm was the, it Blake Shelton at one recently? Yeah, yeah, he was there. I think it was, uh, Were you I think doing, it was last year. Do you hear birds chirping? It's very nice. It's very That's relaxing. It's literally chirping from outside. I thought it was bird sound effects. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah our window's right here on Music Row. It's very nice, very okay. relaxing. Sam. Oh. So were you, were you pounding shots with Blake? Did you, you hang out with the artist too, or you're just... You know, I'm most, I am mostly there to make sure that the, everything goes to plan and that the songs, stories are presented to the audience. But mm-hmm. it's a it's a absolute honor to be able to talk and interview these songwriters to gather this content for this show. Um, my company, Naptime Creative, we do a lot of work in entertainment, advertising, and events. And that is one of our event clients where they hire us to come in and make all this content for this event. So it's a it's an incredible opportunity to talk to all. So these you're an guys. entrepreneur. You're I your am. own boss. Yeah, I know. How it's long has that great. been the case? So I have been, and I'm actually a native of Nashville, and I have been uh, an independent producer director for over ten years, uh, paying the bills uh, <laughs> for about Good ten for years. You. Thank you. Where do you, where do you go to high school? Or what part of Nashville did you grow up in? Well, yeah, that's always a funny question. You know, I'm from Hendersonville, but I sort of claim Nashville. I went that's to fine. Be- Beach High School up in Hendersonville. Yeah. So you went to school with Thomas Redd and Taylor Swift? Did Thomas Redd go to Henderson? I think he lived there for a little bit. Okay. Uh, no, I, he... Uh, Tay-Tay did. Tay-Tay. She went to Hendersonville. Okay. We were out in the country. And now for people that are not from, you know, the Middle Tennessee, for your listeners, like uh, the, the Beach High School folks were like the guys out in the country. And then Hendersonville was like the rich kids inside the city limits. I went so, to a wedding recently that was like on the a body of water there. It felt like I was totally out of town. Didn't feel yeah, like I was near Nashville. No, it's Henderson. You should come to it's, that's Old Hickory Lake. You should come on the boat. One, one, Did you grow one, up one, close one. to there? Yeah, we grew out in the country, so sort of closer towards beach, okay. uh, but spent a lot of time in Hendersonville. You know. And then were you doing filmmaking stuff in middle school and high school? Or? You know, I, I, I've always been interested in the moving picture and storytelling and filmmaking. And, you know, I was one of these kids that I was obsessed with Nickelodeon. And if anybody that is between like 29, 36 years old, whatever, like we literally lived through some of the like best time periods of like, children's programming while you're children and i'm talking about like animation shows i'm talking about like live action clarissa explains it all ren and stimpy things like that at a very young age i knew that like i liked all of this 
right? Uh, I think it started with like Steven Spielberg and Indiana Jones, and that turned into me jumping and rolling off of the steps in our bonus room and stuff like that. That was my first aspiration nice. just to be a stuntman. Stuntman don't live very <laughs> yeah. long. But uh, uh, yeah, I've always known from a very long time ago that I was very interested in media, storytelling, and just art and creativity in general. So what did you do right after high school? After high school, I went to uh, MTSU, ended up going down there for, started off as a computer information systems major. I grew up with a, with a bunch of uh, friends who were um, tech guys. So like, you know, I was the quintessential high school uh, band nerd, computer nerd guy. But uh, yeah, I th always thought I was going to go into information systems and be like a systems analyst or things of that nature. And the more that I got into it, the more while at MTSU, the more that I figured out, you know, I think maybe I want to do something different. And I had friends who were doing that MTSU radio TV path. And so, you know, I got to work with them on a couple of their things. I was like, I'm into this. Like, I'm liking this. Like, I like what I'm doing, working with people on a set, everybody coming together towards a common goal to create something. Yeah, I'm in. So changed majors over to uh, radio TV, electronic media. And yeah, been doing it ever since. Good for you. Thank so, you. Are, are there any music videos of artists that we currently play in country radio or that we might know of or... You're normally doing more uh, out of format hip hop and you know I'm one of those I'm one of the I'm one of those folks that were at, you know like I have a lot of leeway in the types of projects I can take so like you know um, I've had the great opportunity to work with some major recording artists like Kansas uh, I had the opportunity to do a music video for uh, for them I think it was in 2017 the first like music video they'd done like 15 years I got a referral from one of my friends who was an agent at the time and. Yeah, we just went up to Indianapolis and we shot a freaking rock music video for Kansas. Nice. Like, what song was that? Uh, the name of the song that we did was called Rhythm in the Spirit. I think you can find it on YouTube. Um, cool. But yeah, just, just to be a part of like the creative legacy of the rock band Kansas is like, <laughs> like whose life is this? Yeah. Are, are like, there any artists that are, uh, it would be a dream come true if you can film their upcoming music video. Oh, man. Um, you never know who's listening. You do never know who's listening. <laughs> I really like bands who, with music videos that are sort of out there and they're not like, uh, they're not seeing says they're not, you're not just, you're not seeing what the song is describing. I just like anybody who's willing to go out on a limb. Right yeah. on. Okay. So not, you don't, don't want to say anyone too specific. I just, you know, it's like, I, I am trying to rack my brain and be like, is there somebody I'm like dying to work with? I mean, yeah. like I'll work with, I, I literally, if I like you and the awesome, and the, and the thing is, uh, it's a good project, I'll work with you, you know? Right like, you and I tried to do something, but it was like, yeah. I yeah. can't afford you. Well. You're I, so fancy. I, we'll put you on the pay what you can plan. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a, a typical day or, or like, do you try to schedule your week like, Mondays are meetings, Tuesday uh, it's planning, Wednesday uh, editing. This is a very good question. And this is relevant to pretty much any sort of... There's no right answer. But when yeah. you're an entrepreneur, you're in control of your own schedule. Yeah, so. totally. I, my, my, my friends sometimes probably think, of like, when do you actually work? And I'm like, like <laughs> well, when, I'm, when you're not seeing me, I'm probably working. Um, entrepreneurialism is definitely uh, requires lots of discipline and time management. Mm -hmm. um, I know exactly how long it will take me to... Uh, to accomplish something, you know, when we're talking about editing or filming or something like that. Um, so 
you know, a typical day for me, I like to know what's going on in the world. It's very important to, for me to know what's going on in the world because that can definitely influence actually what you're working on, depending on the project. One of my pro oh, clients is a political uh, organization and like, well, yep, that changed. That can change the editing. Yeah. Um, so I typically like to wake up, make coffee and get the coffee inside. That's the first thing. <laughs> um, browse and, you know, I know when I have like an editing work to do. I know when I have pre-production, like if I'm planning a production, maybe you have like 15, 20 people on a set, you know, you kind of have to do, there's certain things you need to do in order to make sure the day goes to plan. So you actually have to have a plan. It just depends on what's on my plate at the moment. Like any, at any time I may have like up to three to three to 10 projects on my plate. And each one of those requires a certain amount of time. So like after our interview today, I'm going to go edit and pull sound bites for something that I'm working on. That'll take me about five or six hours. Uh, you know, got, got a conference call later, going to make room for that. So it's just, it's time management is the answer to your question. And I think the best way to put it is that like every day is different for me. You know, it literally is different. And I think when you're able to manage your time and sort of like at least create an estimate of how much time it's going to take you to accomplish whatever the task is, mm -hmm. that's going to be very helpful as far as being entrepreneurial. I, I agree. Do you try to unplug on the weekend or do you have specific days and times you're like, man, no phone, man, just nature. It's very hard for me to unplug. And that's something I struggle with. I very much. So it's very hard for me to unplug. I know somebody says he always enters the phone even when it's an unknown number because he always says that can be money on the other end of the phone. That's true. That's true. I, I think often it's Rachel from Card Services trying to <laughs> offer me a loan. So I don't often answer the private numbers or the local numbers that I don't know that aren't on my phone. My phone has a great feature called Do Not Disturb, where it only lets people that are on your contact list call you. And so my phone is generally on that most of the time. Oh, that's what Do Not Disturb is? I never knew that. <laughs> I, I did not know either until I got a new phone. Okay. I guess I have too many numbers in my phone. Well, like I even we say, can't all be as cool as you and have multiple phone numbers, Sam. No, because no, no, I just save lots of people's phone numbers. Like I even save phone numbers where I don't want them to call me anymore. Yeah. yeah. But then that means like, if you, even oh, if what's I, your name? Oh, Do Not Call. Wonderful. But then that means if you have Do Not Disturb, they can still call and disturb you because it's in your phone book well you know if we had enough contact or they're in my phone book they can call me <laughs> oh i'm learning so much right. <laughs> anything else you want uh, anyone listening to know maybe potential clients or potential people who are thinking about moving to nashville sure or you know leaving nashville sure absolutely you know i i just want to put out there that like i'm a very much a story first director so like whenever i attack a project it it always comes from a place of story. And whether that is a corporate project or an artist project or even an entertainment project, which is what we were talking about earlier, it's all about the story with me. And I just want to make sure that whatever content that we put out is uh, you know, up to the client's expectations uh, and is basically just on point. We, just, we try to pursue excellence. We try to create a great experience for our clients, whether they're big or small and just try to make things go as easy as possible and as planned. Never, everything, it's production. No, nothing is ever going to go to plan, right. <laughs> but it's how you respond to it is, is what sort of uh, is going to get you into that successful project completion. And so that, that's the thing we try to bring, is we try to bring excellence, we try to bring awesomeness at Naptime Creative, and we just try to exceed everybody's expectations. And do you have certain uh, uh, people that will help you out if it's a bigger project or you know, a certain team or how does that work? Yeah, you know, it's all about the team in Nashville. Anybody's considering moving here, whether you're moving here for music or film or whatever, got to have your team. Team, team, team. And the best team is people who are kind of uh, like on the way up with you. 
You know right. what I mean? Like everyone wants to become friends with someone who's already a hit song maker, but like, no, it's right. good to like start from the bottom and then you just create your own tribe and you're in it together right. and you bring yourself up together. That's and then right. they don't forget that. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. thinking of like Brothers Osborne and Mara Morris, Casey Musgraves. They were all kind of in it together 10, 12 years ago and you just come up through the ranks. You know, have you ever read of the, uh, ever heard of the virtuous cycle of learning or excuse me, the virtuous cycle yeah. of teaching? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really our responsibility to teach others. If you have others that are in your circle that are in your, that are in your arena, um, it's sort of your, I, I view it as your responsibility to teach those who want to be taught. I mentioned earlier, I used to live at the Nashville's artist community, the Ryman Lofts, and there I made bunches of friends and, you know, several people that were also on the filmmaking and visual side of things. Uh, you know, I, I taught them, they taught me, they worked on my projects, I worked on their projects. We refer each other. We refer each other. I just did a music video recently. I didn't direct it or produce it. I did all the lighting on it and I did it as a favor. It's got, we got John Oates in it. You know, and it's like, that was one of the people that I sort of like, I don't want to say like taught the ways of everything, but like I lent my knowledge to them so they could increase their creative practice. And, you know, here they are getting booked to do a music video to with starring John Oates and they're calling me up to go in there and help them out with it, which is positive vibes. You never know what comes from all these opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, you know, people just have to be in an abundant state. I feel like there's a lot of times where people have sort of the scarcity and this cutthroat mentality sometimes. And, man, that's no good. You gotta, it's New York and L.A. Yeah, that's it's New Nashville. York and L.A. Nashville is very much not like that. And if you just come with things from like an abundance mindset, like there's enough work, there's enough love, there's enough talent, then, you know, we don't need to get by by cutting other people down. Absolutely. And any uh, TV shows or movies you recommend we all check out? Do you um, any directors that you're a huge fan of? Um, I love Michel Gondry. Um, he's a music video director is where he started out. He did uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with Jim Carrey a couple years back. Um, he and Jim Carrey are working on a new series called Kidding, I believe is, what's, is what it's called. I think it's on Showtime. I watched the first episode the other day and I was just like, okay, I'm watching this. Basically like a Mr. Rogers type character, oh, wow. okay. but is supremely uh, disturbed with his personal life. And uh, I just thought that was a great story and a great collaboration that I can't wait to see more of from those two. Were any movies that you, you were a big fan of growing up that kind of got you really interested in being a filmmaker now? Man, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but like all the Steven Spielberg stuff, uh, you know, Star Wars, uh, Indiana Jones. Um, yeah, those films were like my thing, man. They you have a favorite old school Indiana Jones movie? I'm going to have to go with The Last Crusade. I actually just watched it the other day oh, nice. and it was... Uh, Watched all three of them. It's like, that was the strongest one, in my opinion. Uh, that may be a controversial opinion, but I don't think so. But uh, but yeah. I can't imagine any uh, actor other than Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones. You know, so good. You know everybody's about the reboot these days. And I, I, I was thinking that just the other day. It's like, who could possibly do a reboot of Harrison Ford? I, I have no idea. It's not Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> My, um, yeah, a lot of my friends have interviewed Chaya. He's a, a, a fun interview. He keeps you on your toes. I'm sure. I don't doubt that. I don't, I don't doubt that at all. I remember I was living in D.C. at the time he was filming something there. <laughs> I think there was a paparazzi who was trying to take a picture of him. He was on the street having a cup of coffee, and he threw the coffee on the paparazzi and then ran away. That's what Shia... <laughs> I mean, you can just look it up on YouTube. <laughs> It's so Shia LaBeouf. He's just himself. Yeah, well, you know, hey, I, 
Not would, cool though I, if it was a hot cup of coffee. I would just clothes. wave and then walk away. But you know, yeah. whatever. I'm I'm not I'm not that interesting. Steven T. <laughs> where can we all find you online and get in touch with you on socials and everywhere else? Sure, you can find me on all the socials at Naptime Creative and also at www.naptimecreative.com. It's very hard to get a hold of me on that website because there's a big red button that just says start a conversation. Nice. So if you really want to talk to me, just go hit the button. Start a conversation. Steven, thank you for being on the Sam Alex show. I'll see you around town. Sam Alex, thank you for having me. Looking forward to hang.